At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Here at Just Baseball, we have teamed up with BetMGM for the 2023 MLB season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use code JustBaseball, and you will get up to a $1,000 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Step number one, download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JustBaseball. Step number two, deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Step number three, you will receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada. Call 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get your $1,000 first bet offer today. It is Thursday, June 22nd, and welcome to the Just Baseball Show. I'm Peter Apple, and that's Arm Layton. And today, we are looking at why the 2022 NL and AL Cy Young Award winners and finalists are all doing terribly. We got to break it down because some of the best pitchers in the game have not been any good. And then, of course, we have Arm Layton's famous prospect report. And in the middle, we are going to talk about So Rare our fantasy baseball league which you can join for free but first of course we are brought to you by bet mgm sign up and deposit into your newly created account by using code just baseball download the bet mgm sports app on ios or android or visit betmgm.com place your first bet offer and receive up to one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if it loses if the bet does lose your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled gambling problem Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 or older. Arm Layton is in London. Yeah. 
he said at the beginning of this episode before we press the record button that we're getting 90% of his brain, which is still much better than most people's brains because it is midnight where he is. Aram, how's your brain? Uh, it's hanging in there, man. I, it's funny. Like I always thought jet lag was like an overrated thing. I don't fly internationally very much. So it, it definitely is real. Uh, I was tired today. I got my nap in. I think I can give you guys maybe 95%, but I, just don't be surprised if I misspeak. If I find a lapse on something, uh, it, it might just be I'm a little bit deliriously tired here, but really excited to talk to you guys about the London series as it unfolds when I'm out here, too. So that's going to be a lot of fun for those who may not know. Yeah, that game has already snuck up on us. Cardinals Cubs. That's going to be coming up in a couple of days. I'm just excited to see British people take in baseball like that. I, I'm just like, that's going to be the spectacle almost more than the game. And Cubs Cardinals, like it's not even the best product right now. We're giving them kind of a mediocre game. I want to see these people try to understand what's going on, because I know for a lot of people, it's probably going to be their first game. I do kind of want to respect both teams because over the full season, the Cubs and the Cardinals have not been very good. Cardinals slowly heating up. I know they just lost 3-0 to the Washington Nationals, but Chicago Cubs. They're just blowing smoke right now. Marcus Stroman is all over Twitter claiming he's the best pitcher alive, and he has been pitching incredibly, so we got to give him his shine. But the Cubs keep on rattling off wins, another sweep of the Pirates, who are all the way down right now. I mean, the National League Central is an incredibly interesting division. And you said that you're going to give us 90% of your brain, which, again, is much better than most people's brains. But these American League and National League Sung finalists of last year, are not giving 90% arm. So just to recap, in the American League last year, Justin Verlander won the Cy Young with a 175 ERA over 175 innings, a 233 ERA plus, which think about it, it's like WRC plus. So he was 123% better than the league average pitcher. Dylan Cease finished second in American League Cy Young voting, 220 ERA and 184 innings. 182 ERA plus. And then Alec Manoa, 224 ERA, 168 ERA plus in 196 innings. Now, Tony's been good. Framber, McClanahan, they're all good too. In the National League, Sandy Alcantara, 228 ERA in 228 innings, 176 ERA plus. Our best pitcher alive moving forward into this year. Max Freed finished with a 2.48 ERA with a 169 ERA plus over 185 innings. And Julio Arias of the Los Angeles Dodgers, 2.16 ERA, 175 innings, a 190 ERA plus, which led the National League. Let's start in the American League. Justin Verlander finished last year with a 1.75. This year, he is currently sitting with a 4.50 ERA. The strikeouts are down. The fastball velocity is down. He's not even striking out nine guys per inning. His strikeout rate has fallen from 27.8% to 20.5. The walks are up. All peripherals, they are not looking good for the reigning American League signing award winner. Arm, what's been your biggest takeaway from Verlander this season? Yeah, I think it's kind of the things you hit on there, right? It's I'm not going to... I'm not going to fully say the ship has sailed on, on someone like him this early. You got to give him more time. He's Justin freaking Verlander. But the, there's a point in time where age catches up, right? You were talking about that a few episodes ago. Father time always seems to win. I don't know if that's now. It might be next year. It it, it might be at the end of this year or it might be right now. So like that's kind of where what I'm trying to figure out right now is, is he finally slowing down 
or is this a preseason injury? Because remember, he was a little banged up after spring training. Uh, is is an injury, you know, kind of still lingering for him, and maybe he feels 100% a little bit later and gets his body going. Uh, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Obviously, we're not doctors. Obviously, we're not scientists. So, like, we're not going to figure this out. But Velo being down, strikeouts being down, and, and just a lot of the peripherals being rough, it, it, it is starting to become somewhat of a question. But even a diminished Verlander should be pitching better than this. The thing is, though, I feel like this guy lives off his four-seam fastball. Like, we talk about the curveball. We talk about the slider. Those are the fancy pitches. But this guy has made a living with the 95-mile-an-hour four-seam fastball. Last year, that's what he averaged, and opponents hit 194 against it. This year, opponents are hitting 265 with a 385 x Woba. So well above average contact yeah. quality. And it's down in velocity. It's a little bit down in spin. And the exit velocity is way higher. Way up. And his curveball, opponents are hitting 371 off his curveball compared to 158 last season. Opponents are just simply hitting the fastball. Induced vertical break is down. It is not nearly the same pitch to then set up his secondaries. Guys are saying, we're not afraid of your fastball anymore, Verlander. And in that last start against the Astros, where he pitched relatively well, seven innings, four runs, which is not great, but at least it's a slight step up, sort of. He was averaging 94.2, so it's not like the velo is getting is coming back. His average for the season is 94.3, so it was even a slight smidge down. I don't know if he's going to get better, Arm. I don't know if he's going to regain velocity, but my one tribulation with trying to bash Verlander right now, he always gets it back. Yeah. Right, that's, he that's just can saying. get 97 in the seventh. It's, it's, it's clear, right? The fastball, it hasn't been the same. It's affecting the rest of his other pitches. Will he get it back? I think it's that simple. I, I, I think that really is how you got to dive into it too, because you're right. I mean, when we saw him dominate at times last year and through most of the season, it was with that four seamer. You mentioned the induced vertical break. He's lost an inch of IVB, which, you know, if you just lose the inch of induced vertical break, but your velocity is the same, then I think you're all right. But if you lose an inch of IVB and you lose a full tick, you know, in terms of mile per hour, I think that's pretty much like losing two ticks on your fastball. So that's one big side of it. And I do think that that's a big reason why it's getting hit harder with all the numbers that you highlighted there. And then you look at the breaking ball, it's one inch less of vertical break. It's a little bit less hard. And I think that that curveball was better when he was throwing it harder, more consistently because it tunnels off of that fastball that you're afraid of. And, and I think you hit the nail on the head there. So it, he he might regain it. He could regain the shape too. Like that's something that he can just adjust a little bit potentially, or this is a diminished Verlander, but still even at 94, don't you feel like you should be executing pitches a bit better and and still be somebody that at a diminished version of himself can still throw to a mid threes, a low threes. This is Justin Verlander. We're talking about, he's still getting a ton of whiffs on the slider. I feel like we're just hanging on that though. Yeah. Like we're just hanging on it. At the end of the day, father time is undefeated. Like Tom Brady in his last season didn't look all that great. No. Aaron Rodgers at the jets. Everyone's expecting him to be great. They're human beings, right? We're just saying it's Verlander. He's going to get it back. He's going to get it back. Sometimes these guys don't get it back. Well, that's that's my question. Is 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 this it? Is it now or is that coming next year? Or are we really watching it right now with Justin Verlander? Because like, couldn't you just see he two, three starts from now just 
10 Ks Velo's back. And we're like the biggest bozos of all time. Of course I could. Yeah. I would bet against that though. Yeah. I truly fair. would. Unless something crazy happens that's because fair. right. Like we're early on in the season, right? There are guys who have 90 innings plus. This is not a Verlander where it's like, oh, he's actually, you know, he's throwing seven innings every game for the full season and he's sitting at 100 innings. Now is the time where it's starting to fall. No, this is how it started and it's only getting worse. Yeah. So if I were to buy or sell stock, I would sell. I would just sell it's not the Justin Verlander. It's not going to get any better. I'll hang on that. I don't think it's going to get any better. I think this is just what he is. I think he is a high three ZRA guy right now. I think that's, that's what he'll be at the end of the season. That's fair. I So here's my follow-up then, if that's the case. What do the New York Mets do? Because I, I think Max Scherzer looks equally, if not more concerning, in terms of his quality of stuff. And You want to know something interesting? What? I was listening to Don LaGreca and Michael K. and Don LaGreca was freaking out. They got a good caller. I know. And the caller said something really interesting. He was like, I think we expect the Mets to be way better than they are when the reality of the situation is they're the 2021 Giants. They had that 101 win season was the outlier, right? Because they haven't really proved beyond that. They're off to a really bad start this season. Every single player on that team that year had an amazing year. And not like Pete Alonso, low key is hitting 220. Yeah, Francisco he's, he's been injured, and, but he, I have Jeff seen him tweaking, tweaking his stance at the plate and stuff. Like he looks a little different. Yeah, he rushed back from yeah. injury. It's that's a weird thing too. But yeah, he has not been as good. If if Scherzer and Verlander are not Scherzer and Verlander from a couple of years ago, and these bats don't show up, they're not making the playoffs. No, no way. Like at this point, who would you rather be, the Giants or the Mets? It's not even close. Yeah, which is which is insane. It's insane. Let's talk so, about another pitcher who I just don't understand. I kind of do, but I really don't. And I wish I had better analysis here for you, and I could try my best. Dylan Cease is entering his prime. He is 27 years old. He came on the Just Baseball show, and he was talking about adding a new pitch. And I was so bought in arm. I'm like, holy shit. If he's feeling around with a changeup, and he's going to throw that 10% of the time, it's over. Because the slider last season held opponents to a 128 batting average. The fastball averaged 97. Opponents hit 240. Curveball was elite, right? He didn't throw it a ton, but it still generated a good whiff rate. Opponents hit 253. All the expected stats were even lower than that. He was amazing last year. This season, averaging 95.5. His slider velocity is down from 87.5 to 86. And he's allowing some of the hardest contact in Major League Baseball. Last season, Arm, he had a 31.2% hard hit rate. This season, 46.9. Yeah. That puts him in the 11th percentile in Major League Baseball. You could say, all right, his velo's down, right? Because he's not walking anymore than he was last year. His command of the zone when you watch him doesn't look as strong, but when you have like, like he still has good stuff. I mean, does he his, not? His strike rate, you know, and, and for him, it, it was never really about where he spots it in the zone because exactly. he's so nasty that if, if it's in the zone, you're in good shape. He's throw his strike rate's actually a, a, about the same, almost identical, if not a smidge higher this year. It's it's weird, but the fastball is down a full 
What do you have on Savant? Because I'm looking at a different system right now, and I have a full 1.3 miles per hour less. Yeah, I have 96.8 down to 95.5. So yep, that's what I have on this system too. So like that's that's a big drop. And you're you're right. Like this this is someone that should be entering their physical prime, and and it's funny because you look at it and the, and the fastball shape's still there. He's still spinning it. Like, why is he down a full mile per hour? Like, that, I don't know if that's all of it, but that definitely is a start. And then you look at the rest of the arsenal. He just doesn't seem as confident with it this year. So it's the fastball is down a tick, and then he's just not landing the secondary stuff quite as much. But still, you feel like he's around the zone enough to be better. He has been a little bit better of late, though, which gives me yeah. some hope. But then – it just feels like every time he's about to turn it around, then boom, he kind of falls flat again. But this has been his best stretch of the year. You look at the last four starts. He's given up two earned runs or less, gone five plus innings every single time. But again, like we kind of expect way more than that from Dylan Cease. On yeah, a, like a, on a, a two run six inning outing. Like that's that's good. Like yeah. I like that. But like you're Dylan Cease. You had a 2-2 yeah. two, two ERA last year. Yeah. If Dylan Cease last year had six innings, two runs, we're like, eh, it's a pretty good start. It's you know, it's a good start objectively to look at the rest of the league, but I'm expecting seven innings of three hit ball and one run in 11 Ks. Like yeah. we even gotten that kind of start this year. We've got the last two. He's gone five and six innings of two run 10 and nine Ks. But yeah, we haven't really, even the, the, the games where he limits the runs, like he just has not really racked up the Ks. One, the best start of the year that we have so far from him is against the Astros. This came way early in the season April, I, it, right like, i think it was his first start of the season <laughs> six yeah. six and a thirds innings he he gave up two hits one run 10 k's that's, that's the best start we've seen he's been better again of late you look at his last four starts a two three eight era but 11 percent walk rate 35 percent k rate's really good i feel like it's just he you're living on the edge with dylan sees when he's walking guys the fastball is down a tick, maybe not getting away with as many stranded runners. A few more balls are hit a little bit harder. Like you mentioned, the exit velocities are up. You're not going to escape those, you know, left on base kind of situations all the time. And and I think that's kind of what's happening to Cease. It catches up to him a little bit. He lives on the edge. So I still think that he's going to be better than a lot of the other guys that we're going to talk about here by, by the end of the season. And he's not as extreme, but I think he's, relatively extreme just because we were expecting him to make a leap this year. Verlander, he's aging. We didn't think he'd be this bad, but we figured it's very possible. He's not going to get better at 40. I didn't think he would. Dylan Cease is supposed to be getting better and better. Like that was supposed to be the bridge year to like his full breakout, right? Or that pretty much was his full breakout. And then he takes the step back. Like that's really like a two, eight ERA. Right. I mean, I get two, two, like that's maybe not attainable, but, I mean, be one of the best pitchers in baseball. That, even, that's what you are. Even if it was a low threes with like crazy strikeout numbers, I'd say, okay, like Love that. he's still good. Like, but it, it's, it's just a little bit different. So I think he's going to get back there. I'm not as worried about him as some of the other guys we're going to discuss, but yeah, I was excited to see the change up too. And it seems like he's kind of just abandoned it. Yeah. That was something that maybe he wanted to try going into the off season or going into the season, but he's only thrown it 50 times this year. So I think it's trying to get back to what was working last year and that maybe wasn't the plan originally. And now just trying to get everything rolling again, but I'm shocked by the lack of whiff across his entire arsenal. It just doesn't seem like that would be the case with somebody like him. Well, with all due respect, 
At least he's in the major leagues. Alec yeah. Manoa finished third in American League Cy Young voting last year. He's 25. 6-3-6 ERA. He is still down in the Florida Complex League. His hard hit rate spiked. Strikeout rate plummeted. Walk rate doubled. By expected ERA, he was in the third percentile, making him one of baseball's absolute worst pitchers. Four-seam fastball velocity. Down. Sinker velocity. Down. Slider velocity. Down. Spin rates. Down. Changeup. Down. Everything down. You can talk about a lot with Manoa. What happened? I hate to say it, Arm. When I watched him, he looked completely out of shape. Yeah, I, it's fun. It's it's ironic, man, because my first when I first kind of heard that discourse, I was like, ah, oh, that's so lazy. It's and it's so lazy in the beginning, but it it seems like, like watch it, him. He looks gassed. He, he does. He does. And he's he's not the only one that had no. that that acclimation process. But the problem is he never got acclimated. And then I, I I do believe that when he had that fatigue, maybe early on, I think it may have created some bad habits. And I think that's yeah. why they sent him to the complex. I don't know if anything is if, if, if they've really gotten any comment on this or uh, I know that they've kind of kept it close to their vest, but I don't like to speculate too much on these things. But it just seems like if you're sending somebody to the complex, that's that's almost to me like throwing bullpens on the side, like starting in a controlled environment instead of just sending him to even high a double a triple a where it's a rehab start quote unquote and you just go dominate some younger hitters to me it was this guy's mechanics have maybe broken down a little bit dealing with fatigue from start to start to start and we got to recreate some new some better habits again um i'd have to delve a little bit deeper into the video but i definitely saw that in in some of the starts where you could see yeah, the release point starting to be inconsistent. You could see uh, the mechanics getting a bit lazy and tired, and and that breeds a lot of bad habits. And I think that's why they've got him in such a controlled environment now. So that might explain some of the the head scratching stuff when we're trying to figure out what in the world happened to a 25 year old who just turned 25. It's like quality of stuff and just ability to miss bats after what we saw last year. Well, what I will say is that I watched a lot of Alec Manoa this year because I faded him a lot. Yep. Yeah, And I'm also on a one for 15 betting streak, the worst of my life. So I'm not saying I'm anything special, but what I can say is that I have watched Alec Manoa plenty this season. And I don't say that lightly. Like you don't hear me ever saying like, oh, this guy's out of shape or anything like that. No. Arm, it looks like he's running a marathon on the mound. Yeah. I mean, it's like he's wiping sweat. He isn't able to regain. He throws ball one and then it's ball four like that. Yeah. And then a guy's on base and it just gets away well, from him so quickly. And, and it's like, it's like a, it compounds almost because that that's the point because it's like ball one, it's over. Like if and he's then, not starting with a strike and like then pounding the zone, because when he is like, when he starts with a sinker low and in and he gets a swing and miss and he goes slider, it's Oh two, he finishes guys. Like you can see it's there, but ball one up in the zone. Like if he throws a sinker out of the zone ball two, then it's like, then he's got to throw a cookie fastball gets pelted. Runner on first, runners on base, and then it's just a merry. And then he gets round. tired, and that it's exactly. a long inning. Yeah, you're dealing with the pitch count, and not only is he dealing with the pitch count or the pitch clock, excuse me, he's also dealing with probably the longest innings he's had because last yeah. year there weren't that many long innings. Harving. He had a two-two, Harving. or whatever he had. Harving. So 
now you have longer innings at a higher tempo and a more rapid tempo. And it's pretty easy to see how even someone that may not even be way out of shape could, could start to, to struggle with their, you know, just endurance and, and ability to, you know, they're just the overall stamina on the mound. Then you see Manoa and it, it can kind of make some sense. Again, I really thought it was lazy at first, but then you watch and it's just, it's, it's undeniable. It, it, it's very clearly something that was holding him back. Is it the whole story? Maybe not, but it definitely was part of it. And it's tough, but the good news is Manoa can, you know, kind of get himself back into shape, get himself in a position where he's more used to that pitch clock and get rolling from there. But man, the, the Jays need him. <laughs> Tell you that the Jays need him. And, and it's going to be interesting to see what his timeline is. But that's definitely the most surprising story of all of the pitchers we're going to talk about. Probably. I mean, there's 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 one other that I think is pretty baffling who just also sucked today. But as we're recording this, but I'd say Manoa, given that he's at the complex, is probably the the most surprising story. It has to be. Yeah. But number two is Sandy. Yeah. 5.08 ERA. Dude. What the fuck? (laughs) I know the peripherals said, all right, he might be a low threes guy. Not that. Five? Arum. I mean, hard hit rate up, strikeout rate down, walk rate up, expected ERA of four, two, three, sinker velocity, not that different. No, change of velocity, not that different. That's a thing. But everything's just getting hit. And I know you're probably going in circles looking through the data. You've texted our group chat. You're like, the data looks fine. What the yeah. fuck is happening? <laughs> but you watch him every fifth day. Like, what are you seeing from the unanimous, unanimous National League signing award winner? And like, dude, probably the safest arm in the world. Uh, and again, yeah. I, I know that he could have had a, a low threes this year or like even at worst a mid threes. But like, I would have bet my life that this guy's below five through his first 15 starts. That's why you. I would have bet my life. Yeah. I would have. We'd be, we'd be dead. Yeah. I literally like dead. you could tell me he struggled. I'd say, oh, OK, so he had a three six. Like <laughs> just you think he's so safe the way he's able to get weak contact the, and also get whiff. Dude, honestly. Let's talk about things compounding for Sandy. I'd love to see what percentage of the runs came in just a handful of innings. It seems like when it gets away from him, it really starts to get away from him. And and I don't know if it's something with him working out of the stretch or if it's something about just when runners are getting on, he's just not executing as well. But you, again, you look at the data, you look at the, the peripheral stats around the arsenal and it looks really fine. It looks almost identical to last year. The only pitch that I see the biggest difference in is the slider. Um, and, and it that might just be him not locating it as much. But to me, this is a guy that is definitely command within the zone. And then I don't know if it's a little bit of the shift being limited as a ground ball pitcher. I don't know if it's a little bit of the pitch clock maybe affecting his tempo because he was a guy that kind of liked to push the, the timing limits. Um, I don't know. It's really weird. This is one where it's pretty hard to find anything in the numbers. And I'm still going to be on the side of, I believe he's going to bounce back. And, you know, I think he's too talented, but this one's just a head scratcher, Pete. So I'm a big fan of watching post-game pressers. I really like to hear what the guys say after bad starts or good starts. Just to, I like learning about guys' mentalities, like when they go out. You know, I think that's a part of baseball that kind of goes underreported. And Sandy, after every interview, dude, 
I've been a little bit disappointed and maybe I'm taking it a weird way. He just acts like nothing's wrong. Yeah. And I, I wanted to come play the clip. That's why you saw me kind of looking over my phone. I realized it's two minutes and 40 seconds. I'm not <laughs> going to play the full thing, but it is on Valley Sports and you can look it up. And it, I, I watch it a lot because I want to see like, I want to see him take responsibility or at least something. It just, it's like, it's almost like hearing a politician talk about an issue. Yeah, so I was going to say, because he, he, he does take responsibility by technicality, like by saying like, I got to be better. Yeah. I've I've been bad. But do you not sense that like urgency from him? No. It's like it's it, it to me it feels like he thinks he's got a 3-7, right? <laughs> like it's just like yeah, you know, it's it's one of those stretches where you know, it's tough right now. And maybe that's what's made him such a horse. Yeah. He it, doesn't get too high and he doesn't get too low. But what I will say is it does and maybe I'm getting the wrong feeling again. That's why I wanted to run it by you. Yeah. I, mean, I you're get the to feeling that. that he is not, it's not that he's not caring. It just comes across as like, yeah, that was a bad start. Like, you know, that that'll happen. It's yeah. June. It, he's got a it, five ERA. Yeah. Like that was double last year. Like there is something happening or at least he could say, all right, this is what's going wrong. I'm working on it. And he doesn't even have to go that in depth. Okay but he doesn't really answer anything. And he's just like, yeah, like, you know, I haven't been that as good as I want to be. And, you know, we just move on. I'm like, that's it. Yeah. It's it's interesting too, because if you like talk to some, to people around the team, they're probably going to give you like the, no one's more upset about it than Sandy. And, you know, I, I believe that to his, to his core. Like I believe he's probably tossing and turning at night, trying to like figure out what the heck's going on. But I do agree with you that I'd, you know, when you are the ace of a team and you're a captain and your team outside of you is playing the best baseball it's played in in your career as being a you know <laughs> member amazing. of the team, sort of. I'd like to see like it's the best like that they've done since '97. So I would I would I do agree I would like to see a little bit more like urgency. It's just not the way he's wired, but yeah. it's it's one of those things where like at least like talk a little bit about like what do you feel like is going wrong. He just says it's yeah. like, you know, execution or it's this or that. But remember when Wayno was struggling, like he oh, like peeled back the curtain and explained everything. Maybe that's not how the Marlins want to go about things. But Votto did too. Remember yeah. Votto did yeah. the same exact thing. And it's like you learn so much and you grow to respect. It. And it's like they're obviously seeing the problem and working on it. Dan Vogelback, even he was like, my hard hit rate is up. You know, I, I'm still feeling good. I'm still walking. But the only issue is, like, there's something mental going on. He took a mental break. He's been great for the Mets yeah. since he came back. Four yeah. for 12. You know, big RBI single, even though the Mets lost again to the Astros. <laughs> but he's been playing much better. Yeah. And it was like, okay, like, you saw the problem, and he fixed it. I'm not seeing Sandy, of all people, doing that. Fair. Yeah. I, and I, he might just not know what the hell is going on. Which is maybe even more concerning. So it's it's interesting. I, I'm going to say that, you know, I think the even keel aspect is part of what makes him him. He works harder than I think anybody in the Marlins organization. And I think everybody in the Marlins organization would tell you that. Uh, I do agree that there's like a level of you want to see a little bit more like urgency and, and fire from your leader. But maybe at the same time. With a bunch of young guys and a lot of big personalities, maybe it's good to have that stoic, even keel leader. The last thing I'll mention on this then is like Garrett Cole, when he goes through his rough patches, 
do you you see that anger and like urgency from him that and that's yeah. kind of what you want to see from from but I also an underperforming star is is that I, what you're I, like kind of kind of feeling there to be perfectly honest with you i don't really like hearing garrett cole talk he's mad that, like you yeah, so like, no what, he's what, mad but like yeah i he's always been a little strange with the media but you can tell he cares and yeah. he's just a kind of a weird way of going about it yeah. sometimes. He's like some of his answers, I'm like, all right, that's all right, okay. I, right, I've grown that's... to actually love Garrett Cole, though. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's just kind of a he's a little bit like the the figure waving for Jose Cabero or Calabero. How do you say his last name? He's been he's oh been Caballero. Jose Caballero. Yeah, Caballero. yeah, yeah. Uh all those antics there, and he's shoved against the Mariners. I mean, he's been fantastic this season. But yeah, I mean, he he's not a guy who I really always want to hear talk, but I agree with you. No matter what he says, you can tell he cares. The emotions there. I think that's maybe the main point of saying it's not about what he's saying; it's how he's saying it. Yeah, because I, I promise you, he cares, and that's the thing. Like he takes yeah. Yuri under his wing, he picks him up from the airport. Like he, he's, he's kind of taken that that le- maybe leadership I expect role. too much from him. Not yeah. in a bad way. Like, and, and the other interesting thing is even like community events. Like from what I've been told yeah. by like Jeff Conan was telling me, like. That he's the first one of the community events, like doesn't miss one, does all these things. So I, I do, I do think that there's like this, this aspect of it. That's like, okay, you are the leader of this team that is succeeding for the first time ever. And you are struggling mightily for the first time, really since you've been this lights out starter. And I just think it's uncharted territory for him, but I, I, I am very interested. Like I am going to be tuning into kind of every time they talk to him now, because I do want to see, what he says, because I, I agree with the approach of downplaying it and saying, you know, trying to keep an even, even head. But at this point now it's like, okay, we got to figure out what the fuck's going on. If I have to go, you know, throw a bullpen with sense. I, I don't know, like, but you should be honest and say like, this is beyond me. I never thought this would like I, a little bit of like shock that this is happening. And I know he's shocked. It's just, I, I do agree that there's at least that level of, does he realize how shocking this is? And I know yeah. he does, but it, it, you don't read it on him. It, and maybe that's a good thing, though. Could be. And one start, okay, you can give that answer. Two starts, okay. 5.080 in June, something's going on. Mm-hmm. Something, Something's going on with Max Freed. He's injured right now. He's got a 2080 in five starts. He was shoving before yeah. he got hurt. Yeah. He just got hurt. Um, Julio Arias, Dodgers. He's now hurt again. Not again. He almost never gets hurt. But what I'm saying is he's again hurt like Max Fried is. 4.39 ERA. Julio Arias, if we're talking about Sandy has been consistent, there's been few pitchers in Major League Baseball as consistent as Julio. Yeah. Back in 2019, 2.48 ERA. Dominant. 2020, the shortened season, 3.27. That was his worst season. 2021, 296. He's a king of soft contact. And then in 2022, finishes second or third, excuse me, in National League silent voting at 216 ERA. ERA's doubled, Arm. Yeah. ERA's doubled. Hard hit rate is a little bit up. Strikeout rate is a tad down. Walk rate is actually better. Ground ball rates are fine. Velocity looked fine. He's a tough one. Again. He's a little bit similar to me in Dylan Cease. But I'm almost more confused 
Like that's why a lot of these guys are a little bit baffling because there's not anything to me that shuts us in the numbers, right? Where you're like, oh, well, his velocity is down or like his walk rate is way up or you look at some red zones, his command has been up. I can't really find much. I just think he hasn't been pitching that well. And like, I hate to have that kind of analysis. It's just like, have you seen anything that is glaring with Julio where you're saying, all right, yeah, here's the problem. Because I've watched plenty of his starts. It's like that fastball that used to get by the guy is not getting by the guy. The curveball that he was throwing at the bottom of the zone, still at the bottom of the zone, he's just getting hit. It's very confusing. Yeah, this is a guy that, you know, always seems to kind of overperform the peripherals a little bit too. So you you don't want to say like, oh, this is, you know, him, you know, regressing or whatever it may be. I, I do agree it might just be a little bit of, him just not being a hundred percent and just not pitching that well, because I agree with the sense that you look at the stuff, it doesn't look much different, you know, in terms of shape, uh, even the whiff numbers in terms of like in the zone and things like that don't look much different. Um, the strike numbers are slightly down, especially on the fastball. And normally you know, he commands the fastball really well. And it's another guy fastball curveball. And yeah. the curveball tunnels off of the fastball really well. He re- repeats the release point well, or at least makes it look like it's coming from that same spot. He's commanded the curveball well this year, but the fastball hasn't quite been there the same way. And the changeup hasn't really been there either. So I think for him, it's really just command. And and I think he's going to be fine. Oftentimes when you're injured and you have a little bit of you know something going on, it, it can throw off that command just a little bit. And I, you talk about how consistent he is. I really feel like once he's kind of back to himself and healthy again, he'll be just fine. I think there was a level of like maybe pitch that final start. He was very obviously hurt. He leaves the game after giving up like four home runs and his VLO was down. He's missing his spots. You remove that start. I think the numbers look you know, not as bad. I think he had two other bad starts over the, the course of the season before he went down, but probably doesn't look as bad. He did have some really good starts before that. I, I do think that it's might be injury dependent with him more than really any of the other guys that we're going to really talk about. Couldn't agree more. I think if I was ranking these guys from least worried to most worried, Julio Rios would be the guy who I'm least worried about. Yeah. Would you say so? Or who are you least worried about from these guys? And then who are you most worried about? Yeah. I would say, you know, injury aside, because like technically speaking, I guess I'm, I'd be more worried about the guy, the one guy that's like evidently hurt. (laughs) But um, in terms of just, pitching and looking at what we've seen, I'd say Arias, I'm the least worried about. Um, then I'd, I'd say cease, which is crazy. Uh, like you're saying you're most worried about cease. No, I'm second least oh. worried about. Cease. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was not that worried about Sandy before this last start. I wasn't, but this one Did against the blue Jays, Jays. it was, blue it was Jays concerning, but he then he does that thing where like he has the horrible ending, the starts, scrapped right he's given up five runs seven hits and then he'll close it out with like three scoreless and give you six innings of like five run ball which is not good but it wasn't like he limps to the finish line and just gives you three quick innings and you're just like what is going on so i I see him still doing it you know like you still see the flashes i'm so i'm definitely not as concerned about sandy as like manoa I'm going to say I'm more concerned about Verlander physically, I think, than Sandy too. too. Yeah. So I think it goes for me, and I think you're probably going to be very similar, if not the same. Yeah. Um, least concerned to most concerned, it would be Arias, Cease, uh, Sandy. Yep. 
and then Verlander Manoa. Yep. That would I, be did exactly I forget one? No, well, Max Freed. Oh, Freed. Well, he, he Freed, gets cast aside. And Freed and was great. Freed. He just got hurt. And yeah. he was insane when he was fine. He just yeah. got hurt. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about Aaron Nola? Finish fourth. He's got a 4.66 ERA. The thing is with me, with Nola, I think he's totally fine. He had a velocity dip early on in the season, and it was kind of worrisome there. Yeah. But in his last start, and we're recording right before the Braves game, velocity was back up. He's given a lot of two-strike home runs. I've watched a lot of Aaron Nola this year. A lot of just like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. I know Phillies fans are probably concerned, too, because it's like, what are you doing? Like, he doesn't have those put-away stuff anymore. But it looked like a diminished stuff. Stuff looked like it was back in his past yeah. couple of starts. Of course, you know, Aaron Nola is the king of his expected ERA, his Sierra, all that kind of stuff. Is a full run lower. And um, like, it's the, the OGs. he doesn't walk anyone. It's the OG guy. Like, the I would OG. Say the the just ahead. baseball OGs, they, they know yeah. about the old Aaron Nola <laughs> expected Debacle. stats versus regular real, like the actual stat debate. Well, like, that's got to be like just baseball show episode, like six. Yeah, um, literally project the plate. <laughs> yeah. But to your point, um, there was a stretch of starts where uh, like five or six consecutive starts Terrible. where the fastball it, it averaged 91 miles per hour. Now the last four starts, he's averaged 93. And on the yeah. last start, highest average velocity of the year. I know he wasn't yeah. perfect. He went six and two thirds at the D-backs of four run ball, but nine Ks, one walk, I think is a good sign. Hardest of the season at 93.4. I, I agree. I think I think Nola is probably the one guy that we've discussed. Maybe Cease you could include in this too. That is kind of heading like this. I know Nola's given up 10 earned runs in the last two starts, but it was Dodgers, D-backs, one of the starts on the road. He still punched out 16 and walked three in that stretch. And the start before that, he struck out 12 over seven innings. I agree. It's like that one or two bad pitch, the one or two bad pitches. That's killing and him. It results in homers. Yes. And he's given, up, just been he's given up a home run. On two strikes. Yeah. Home run every single start this year, basically, except for like two. I think he's given a home run up in like 12 consecutive starts. I think X-Fip he's going to get better with that. Him. The XFIP, which, uh, you know, normalizes home run to fly ball rate, is obsessed with Aaron Nola. Of course. Like the best <laughs> pitcher alive. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that's going to normalize a little bit. I do too. I do think he's a guy that, you know, it might, some of those things might be catching up to him a little bit, but it's definitely doesn't, shouldn't be this bad. It, it yeah. shouldn't be this bad in terms of the, the batted ball department. So I, I'm, I'm not sounding the alarms on Noah. Also, as you talk about a lot, Peter contract year. Yeah. He's going to figure it out. He, he's he's going to find a way to finish this season strong. I, I really think so. He's a guy I'm actually buying stock in moving forward. I really am. I, I like him a lot moving forward. I think he's one of those guys who has a great second half, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Could be wrong. I hope I'm right because <laughs> I'm rooting for Aaron Nola. I'm yeah. rooting for those X stats. All yeah. right. Uh, before we get into the prospect report, let's talk a little bit about So Rare. Our So Rare team not only surpassed the thousand members, we're almost at 1,100. Come play fantasy baseball with us, people. It is so much fun. It's absolutely free. People are having a blast. Arm and the link is in our episode description. Again, just click it and join our fantasy baseball league on So Rare. Arm, give us a little primer of how we're doing so far. Yeah, so last week was a good one for me. I, I finished tenth, so didn't get to. So basically, my goal was to win, so we don't have to give out any JB merch to the number one, uh, to the number one finisher. Uh, so we we get to save it. 
but no, I, I love giving it out. And, and I actually just got a DM from um, the, the gentleman who came in first last week. Uh, so we'll, we'll always shout out the leaderboards every single week. Again, you click the link in your in the episode description, draft your team, join our league and have a chance to win just baseball merch and other prizes every single week, actually multiple times a week. It's a competition every few days. And uh, you, you can set your lineup today as you're listening to this. It'll be time for the next competition. I'm having a brutal week, dude. Like absolutely brutal week. There's no way I'm going to be anywhere near where uh, most of the people are in our league this week. Christian Javier gave me negative seven points. He got destroyed today by the Mets and they still lost. Negative seven. But I have enough common cards at this point that I submit two lineups into our uh, into our league. Um, and dude, the same guy. You'll remember this name who's currently in first as we're recording this. Well, there's there's one more day of games tomorrow. Boof dirtbags in first place again. Boof. Dude's a wagon. Boof dirtbag's a wagon. wagon. In first place Boof again. Dirtbag is a wagon. Yeah. You'll love this team. Framber Valdez, Camilo Doval, Nolan Arenado, Salvador Perez, Juan Soto, Alex Bregman, Merrill Kelly. <laughs> Dominant. What a team. It's a fun team. We're giving so we're giving away just just baseball merch to whoever comes in first, whoever beats us. You can also see where you finish in relation to us on the scoreboard because my team is my name. It's literally just RM Whiten dash one or two. Um, send me your teams. Also, I'm playing in the limited competition this week, and which I'm always doing now because I'm trying to win elite cards. I'm trying to build my my limited teams and uh, you know, try to win some Ethereum rewards there. And Luis Arias is carrying me. Taj Bradley got me 38 points. That card was like $5 to pick up if you want to do the limited competitions. So good against the Orioles. Hit my my over strikeouts on prize picks. Hate to admit it. Verdugo, I picked him up for like $6 at the beginning of the season. 30 points for me already this competition. And I could probably sell him for double that now. It's fun because you can like, if you want to get involved in the limited cards, you can just by stocking guys that you think are going to play well. But also if you finish really highly in the free to draft common card competition, you can win a limited card to jumpstart building that, that team to win bigger prizes as well. So that stuff's really fun too. definitely encourage you to check that out with the link in our description. Time for the prospect report. Yes. Arm Layton brings us the guys who are doing amazing right now, who could potentially help out some big league clubs as we get closer to the deadline or potentially be on the move as big pieces. And this time I want to switch it up a little bit and I'm kind of catching you off guard here. So if you don't have anyone, let's, you know, we'll end with it to give you some time to think, but I want to hear about a prospect that you loved going into the year that has just fallen way below your expectations. Ooh. Okay. Right. Because you, you're, I think the best prospect mind in the business and you're right on a lot, but nobody can be right. No. I'm currently on a the worst betting streak of my entire life. And normally I'm pretty damn good at this, but I have been dog shit. Everybody loses. Everybody has bad takes. So do you have that off the top of your head or should we just start with some guys who have been great? I'll, I'll definitely wrap with that because I want to I give the best answer I can on that one. But Perfect. there's definitely a couple that I put way too high without a doubt, um, which we'll get to in a second. I'll start with a really interesting swap that and a player on the other side of it. We've been talking about Nolan Jones and how good he looks with the Rockies and it, the guardians could probably use Nolan Jones, but what people it's may not good. realize is that they got Juan Brito in that trade and the guardians 
It's just they love players like Juan Brito, middle infielder, switch hitter, who is just going nuts. And, and what's crazy is he's extremely young. He, he's just turned 20 years old, and he is just demolishing double A pitching. And you look at Brito's stats since he just got promoted to double A. You look at the stats, and excuse me, he just turned 21. But you look at his numbers since his double A promotion 343, 452, 529 with three home runs. 14 walks, 12 strikeouts. So the Guardian, and he's a switch hitter, kind of like Brian Rocchio, similar like that up the middle. And yeah, they could use Nolan Jones, but they got a really good prospect here in return. I think it's really exciting uh, what, what they were able to get there. Another guy that I am really amped on, and this like might be the last opportunity for those of you out there that like to buy cards, that like to pick up players in Dynasty, whatever you want to call it, to get on the Kobe Mayo bandwagon. Baltimore Orioles, third base prospect. This dude is going nuts. And I think he's like everything Ryan Mountcastle is, but better bat to ball by like a fair margin and better approach. Kobe Mayo is 21 years old in double A. OPS over 1,100 in June. He's putting up just ridiculous numbers. Four home runs in his last five games. He's not striking out that much. Continues to walk more and more. To be doing that as a 21-year-old in double A is insane. And I think it gets overshadowed a little bit because of how good the Orioles system is. But this guy was a top 80 prospect going into this year for us at just baseball. And he's probably going to be top 40, top 30 in our update. Like this guy is as legit as they come. Wow. I mean, you you could sell, you could sell, you could sell ice to an Eskimo. I mean, that's a good pitch. That's a good <laughs> I appreciate pitch right that. There. I got a better one yeah. for you coming up. Let's hear it. Adeo Amador, Rockies. Oh, we've heard his name a lot. A lot. I, I, I have to bring him up again. Your love. June, 370, <laughs> 500, 630 slash line. As a 20-year-old, he just turned 20 like a week ago. In high A, nine extra base hits, 13 walks, 5Ks. That's, that's fucking insane. That's, <laughs> like that, that's insane. <laughs> and while we're staying on the young hitter train, actually another second baseman, how about Tamar Johnson really starting to put it all together? This dude just turned 19. Like last week, turned 19 years old. He's playing in the Florida State League, which is low A, but one of the hardest environments to hit in. I mean, the ball does Pirates. not fly. In terms of park factor, all of those parks are bottom end of the spectrum. As a kid that just turned 19, I think he was 18 in part of this span. His last 30 low A games, 276, 454, 551 to 1,000 OPS, seven home runs, 13 extra base hits. That's a 174 WRC plus. Max exit velocity of 112 miles per hour already as a kid that just turned 19 and a 90th percentile exit velocity of 106 miles an hour, which is already pretty much elite. Tamar Johnson is already starting to show us that he could have special offensive upside. He's got to you know, cut down on the swing and miss, but as a 19-year-old in low A, like, not that worried about that. So that's another bat I'm really excited about. And then I have a couple arms as well for the pirates uh, though, because like he was, he was, you know, we, you know, we made our bet on Jackson holiday, which is still one of my favorite bets of all time. The most electric cash I think ever. Cause betting on the MLB draft is just so much fun for it's us. It's so fun. Um, And we got Jackson holiday plus 1100, but there was so much buzz. And the reason Jackson holiday dropped to plus 1100 was because a lot of people thought Tamar Johnson mm -hmm. would go number one because they thought he had a special bat. I personally believe that he fell because people were like, well, he's a second baseman. The yeah. bat has to be amazing. Yeah. With Jackson Holiday, it was like, 
well, we know he's going to play short and the bat could be as special. And we've seen what Jackson Holiday has done for the Orioles. Oh, he's yeah. becoming everybody's top prospect in Major League Baseball. Yeah. So it's clear they made the right pick. But the Pirates also made a damn good pick with Tamar. Uh, you you hit the nail on the head. Like if, with the number one pick, I want, you know, that five tool potential shortstop. And, and, they, and they got that. But with the pressure being on the bat of Tamar, it, what, it needs to look special. And I haven't seen many 19-year-olds and, and 18 slash 19-year-olds do what Tamar Johnson has done with the bat already in terms of exit velocities, in terms of some of the home run swings he's he's gotten off already in that league where the ball does not fly in the Florida State League at all. It, it's pretty pretty remarkable. And then I'm going to shout out a New York Yankee for you, Peter. Drew Hell Thorpe, yeah. New York yep. Yankees second-round pick here in, in the 2022 draft. He's been awesome. Yes, he has. 21 consecutive scoreless innings mm -hmm. in high A. 27 strikeouts, four walks, nine hits across that span. He was kind of known for the changeup, but what's been interesting with Thorpe is he's been throwing this kind of gyro cutter, which is similar. Like Graham Ashcraft throws that gyro cutter when, he, when it was working for him. He was disgusting. Class A kind of has that gyro cutter slash slider. Thorpe, it's not as nasty because it's 84 but it still has that same movement profile, late bite, looks like the fastball till it's not. So you got fastball at 92, this gyro slider slash cutter that don't kind of in the slutter department where it looks like the fastball till really late is a ground ball machine. And then he mixes in that changeup that was what so many scouts loved about him. So now he has this other wrinkle that people weren't expecting. If you did a redraft now, I think he goes in the first round. 22 years old, just dominating those high A hitters. He's got to be promoted any day. Um, high ground ball rate, good swing and miss, pounds the strike zone. Thorpe's going to be a really solid middle of the rotation arm, I think, or and has the floor, at least to me, of, of a back end arm. I should I don't want to move on because he's a Yankee if you have anything else you want to add. No, no, I, I don't have much to add. I just know that, you know, when I'm on Yankee Twitter or when I'm talking to people, Drew Thorpe is a name that comes out and people are saying, he might be the best overall pitcher in the Yankees system right now. Like, there's be. a lot of high-end arms. There's a lot of guys with potential, but they haven't seen a guy who's been as effective as Thorpe has this season in the minor leagues for them. So, which is exciting because the Yankees, they don't develop pitching. Like the last one is Luis Severino. It's not even going well. Like yeah. I keep hearing all these Yankee fans being like, well, we developed Aaron Judge and we developed Severino, but we haven't developed anyone since. Like, yeah, we developed Severino for like a season and he hasn't <laughs> been good at all this season. And yeah. He's been hurt for a lot of his career. Like, I get it. There's a lot of potential there, but it's not like we can hang our hat on being like, yeah, Luis Severino was this incredible <laughs> development by the Yankees. It's yeah. The bottom line. So I'm excited <laughs> to hear about any arm because we've been able hitters have come up the pipe. Yeah. Like, you know, we know about Spencer Jones. We know about Jason Dominguez. We know about Peraza Volpe. We know, well, Volpe's been fucking horrible, but that's for another time. The, a lot of these guys, like the Yankees are able to do this. Pitchers, I mean, Phil Hughes, Jabba <laughs> Chamberlain. What are we doing? That, that's why I loved the Thorpe pick, because it's like, you, you don't need to develop that guy. He'll develop himself. Like, and, and that's exactly why I thought Joe he was. Montgomery, I guess. Yeah, exactly. But that was a guy that kind of develops himself. Like he's just a yeah. pitchability guy that like figures himself out. So I think this is a similar type guy that's going to be a really solid, you know, high floor arm. Last guy I want to mention and total opposite type of pitching prospect, but holy crap, has he been as electric as anybody I've seen in the minor leagues? Connor Phillips. I mean, mm. Red's right hander came over as the player to be named later in the Jesse Winker deal and Eugenio Suarez wow. deal. 
So looking really good because I think he's the right now the best pitching prospect in the red system if you graduate Andrew Abbott. His last six starts in double A. He's also, by the way, the minor league strikeout leader now. His last six starts in double A, a 248 ERA, a 2.48 FIP. In 32 and two-thirds innings, he's punched out 57 and walked seven. That's a 42.5% K rate, 5% walk rate. He's had in that in his last six starts, three of which have been at least 10 Ks, two of which have been at least a dozen Ks, and, and the highest being 13 Ks. He has disgusting stuff. Fastball up to 99, almost touching 100. Slider is nasty with late break, has a good curveball as well. It's just about commanding the rest of the secondary stuff. But Phillips just turned 22. I know he's in the, you know, in the very weird tact ball, you know, for uh Southern League, but I'm buying why, every like, bit the of this Southern guy's stuff. Guys, like, that's why it's like these Southern League Southern League guys. I don't know what to take away from it's it. Annoying. They're, they're playing with like a sticky ball. I know. I know. But Abbott, they brought up to triple, look great, bring him up to the bigs. He looks True. awesome. They, they please get Connor Phillips the fuck out of the Southern league. If they do that and he looks, I think he's going to look just like this in, in triple a, like, I think he might be better than Ben Brown and Ben Brown has had some adjustment pains of with the Cubs, you know, going to triple a, but he is also shown to get plenty of whiff on the fastball too. I think Phillips will please get him out of that league. Like, please, I want to see him throw like those pitches with a normal baseball. Yuri just, Yuri Perez just started going to his changeup because it took him so long to get the feel back from those tacked, Southern League balls with now a major league ball. And we saw the result. <laughs> we saw the result the other day uh, against the Blue Jays. Please don't fuck with him. Let him use a regular baseball. All right. We're at the end of the line of the prospect report, but I want to hear someone. And we can kind of like do this periodically. So you don't have yes. to lay it all out on the table. Like, you know, these four or five guys will do this. You know, we do this every week or every two weeks or whatever. We go over the prospect report. Who's the guy right now who you feel you ranked way too high and has just fallen below expectations? Okay. I'm scrolling through the list right now, and there is a couple. Curtis Mead's been hurt, so I won't count him. Brandon Fott. I had Brandon Fott ranked ahead of Gavin Williams. I had Brandon Fott ranked ahead of... Zach Neto, even though we had Zach Neto really high, I think everybody had had that. But I, I would say Brandon fought Spencer Jones. I he's no, remember, good. Just just stick with one for right now. We'll keep doing this over the time because maybe Spencer Jones bounces I got it. back. No, so I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Owen White. The, Owen White. I know he just debuted, but dude, he's been he's been brutal compared to what I tried to sell him as. Owen White, number forty two, Texas Rangers. He he doesn't look anything like I what I wrote him up as I think like, I don't know if the stuff step back, like the fastball velocity is down. The quality isn't as good, but it doesn't matter. I described him as like a, a really solid chance at a four, maybe a three. And right now they're using him as a swing man, barely. So Owen white might be one where I, I still give him early. a little bit too credit across the arsenal. Still early. Let's hope. No, I'm serious. Like it's still early. Yeah. I mean, how old is he? 24, 23. But still, I you Got know I, I put him I put him up there, like up there. <laughs> I, I put him ahead of Hunter Brown. That's an L. That's a little high. That's, that's a little an high. L. That's an L. <laughs> that's an L. 
Well, that'll do it for the Just Baseball Show. Again, brought to you by BetMGM. Use code Just Baseball when you download and get all of those bonus bets. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. Um, and then, of course, you must be twenty one or older to use it. So, get your Just Baseball merch. It's in the episode description. We got a lot of new merch coming out. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm rocking my hat. Next, yeah, talk about it a little bit. In the next couple of days, it's we're in the process of uploading pictures. Producer Cohen yeah. is getting some good pictures, but we pretty much have the product ready to go. So, check. The link in the episode description should be updated, but also if you go to justbaseball.com and go to the shopping, I think you guys will be really pumped with with some of the new stuff we have, like crewnecks, polos, which are Adidas and like dry fit and really nice, different logos with the t-shirts now, Um, but I'm a big fan of the crewneck. We got quarter zips. We got flags. Like we got everything now. New distributor. We got good stuff. Uh, very pumped about it. So yeah, there's a bunch of different things and a bunch of different colors to check it out. So really appreciate the support. And and if you enjoy the uh, the new merch, let us know. And uh, obviously we're giving some out too with uh, So Rare. We'll probably do a giveaway on Twitter as well sometime soon, soon as well. Uh, but yeah, best way to support us. And we're really excited about the new merch. I think it's it's a big upgrade. So make sure to click that link to get the merch. And of course, join our Fantasy League for free in the episode description by clicking the link and downloading the SoRare app and joining our Just Baseball Fantasy League. But if you don't want to play fantasy baseball, you don't want to get merch, you don't care about BetMGM or gambling, no worries. All right, if you could just rate and review five stars, it helps out this podcast. Leave a written review, whether that be on Apple Podcasts or just hit the five-star button wherever you listen to your podcasts. That's Aram. I'm Peter. And with that, thank you, everybody. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.